Welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast for women who want to discover, awaken, and create their voice through the art of public speaking. I'm your host, Angela Lucier, award-winning professional speaker, author, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. All right, welcome to our first episode of 2021 with my glorious new co-host, Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Welcome, Dr. Jolie. Hey, oh my gosh. So I get to be glorious today. So yeah, I'm glad I wore some yellow. I'll be glorious. Oh yeah, that's like right. Tiny wearing... yellow. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm wearing all my Angela stuff. I have my necklace on too. Oh my gosh. I'm, good to go. I'm wearing my Chris Farley t-shirt today that says Tommy want wingy. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> You're see you're crushing it. I can't compete with that. I can't. <laughs> Just felt like that kind of day. So um, we have lots to cover today. This is our first episode together. So I wanted to just introduce you to the audience and I mean, reintroduce you to the audience because we've all heard from you before on several past episodes, but just hear from you a little bit more about your background and what we're hoping to accomplish here. And we'll talk about our vision for the show, some of the ways that the show is going to change and some of our fears that we have working together. So before we get into all of that, just give us like the quick overview of like who you are and what you're bringing to the show. Okay, I like that question because it's slightly narrower than the last person who asked me. Just sit, just tell your life story. And I was like, ooh. Uh, I hate okay, that question. Pull up a chair and maybe get a drink because that's serious. Um, <laughs> so who I am is, well, first, I think I am your friend. And I, I so <laughs> I want to say that first because this isn't random. This wasn't like a random choice for me to say yes to. Um, I've been actually dialing in my life a lot. And um, so I am currently a research psychologist, a professor, an entrepreneur, a mom of seven teenage people, and a partner and a person trying to live through a pandemic. So I'm all of those things. So adding another thing, adding like podcasting in a bigger way was a conscious thoughtful decision that still required me to leap off the edge of a cliff a little bit. So yeah. And why I think we are doing this together is I think because our conversations together are more interesting than the conversations I have in my head. Yeah. So you win. You're better conversation in my own head. So that's why I want to be here with you. And and my why for talking to everybody who's already listened to Claim the Stage is because Every person I've met who's connected to Speaker Sisterhood in any way has been fantastic. And when I talk to people about Claim the Stage, they're usually talking about stepping out, being bold, taking a chance, um, being true to themselves. And these are all things that matter to me a ton. So from that direction, it was a really easy fit. That's great. And I love that you're talking about how people are feeling about the podcast and what they're getting from the show, because I reached a point this you know, a couple months ago where I was feeling like we've covered a lot of topics in the 150, 60 episodes about public speaking, but I'd like to really evolve the show to cover a broader range of topics that are surrounding the topic of claiming the stage without it actually being just public speaking. So some of the new topics are going to cover things like voice, just in general, like how to find your voice, how to use your voice, not just on stage, but also in relationships, which is something that we're going to talk about so much um, in friendships and um, how to use your voice 
when you want to just have a conversation with someone about something that matters to you. And maybe it's going to be in front of five people and maybe they'll just be with one person. Um, and then how to build confidence because confidence is such a huge piece of speaking up and following your dreams and making a bigger, bolder move. And I think confidence is such a, it's such a um, common word, but I think it's misunderstood. And I think it's something that we need to really dive into in so many different ways. And then the third area that we're going to really focus on is sisterhood because community and finding your tribe and having a support system is so crucial to making change in your life, to feeling like your voice matters, to just being able to make any significant moves. I mean, doing those things alone can feel so isolating and discouraging and you can feel so lost and feel so worried. Like, am I doing this right? Am I even making any progress? And I know this year. Yeah. And the science tells us that that is problematic, like yeah. trying to do it alone, <laughs> like that will not work as well. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think I speak for everyone when I say like, yeah, I spent a lot more time alone this year than I have ever before. And I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes. And sometimes I pop my head up and I go, am I even moving anything forward? I can't even tell because there's no one around me to say like, wow, you're doing a great job. So I finally had to like check in with my coach and my therapist and you and be like, do you notice any changes? And so it's so important to, to have people <laughs> Just around your whole life. It's fine. So you're totally fine. <laughs> so to have people that can reflect back to us what they're seeing makes a big difference. So I'm excited to cover those topics with you. And we have already made a list of a bunch of different topics we're going to cover. And we're open to other ideas. So I want to just put it out there that if anyone listening right now is thinking, you know, I'd love to hear them talk about this thing that's been going on in my life and I haven't heard Angela cover it. I haven't heard on any podcasts or I want to hear the way that they're going to just, you know, kind of go through it. Please email me Angela at speakersisterhood.com and we'll, we'll see if we can get that on the list for you. So some of the upcoming topics are femininity. That's coming up very soon. That was a sweaty topic. Um, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were, you definitely pushed hard. That's sweaty for in a different way. That's what I do. So why did you want to make sure we talked about pleasure? You know, that comes out of my background as a sex educator. Um, when I talk to sex educators about what's important and what drives their work, they dive right into, I'm here for pleasure. But when I ask anybody else in any other field, they never mention it. So I talk to a lot of different entrepreneurs in a lot of kinds of fields. And I talk to a lot of people who are struggling in some area of their life and nobody ever talks about pleasure. So, um, yeah, I just want to build that like pleasure reflex because mm. we're humans. We're wired to seek pleasure. And we've also we live in this culture that kind of demonizes it. So I think mm. there's a lot to be learned from expanding our pleasure practices. Absolutely. And and when I think about things like personal growth and trying to like push through um, boundaries and not boundaries, but um any kind of obstacles that can feel hard. It can feel like, oh, that's a lot of work. But when we introduce the word of the word pleasure, it can start to feel like, oh, maybe we can actually have fun doing this work. <laughs> it doesn't have to feel yeah. like suffering. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you did that for me when I was doing hard stuff before. So yeah, you've totally introduced that. Yeah, you're not scared. You're excited. That's That's a shift from like no pleasure to pleasure. So yeah, yeah. tons of things we can do. Totally. I don't know if you just heard that chime. That just, <laughs> I have um, a set of chimes in my glitter closet. Can you hear those? Oh, I like that. I yeah. Can. So I'm going to just hit those every now and then when you say something that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. 
I'm going to be like Tinkerbell. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, underneath my uh, Indiana Jones hat, I, mean, I have this set of chimes. The glitter closet is like Mary Poppins bag. That's amazing. It, it is. This is, this is a pair set of pair chimes. <laughs> just going to put those right there. Okay. We I just introduced it. a new element to the show. I've always wanted to have sound effects. <laughs> I also have a bike pump in here that might come out from time to time. See, and I usually am the one with weird stuff under the desk, but I do not have wind chimes or a bike pump. (laughs) Though if I wheel the, the, um, any class that I wheel the suitcase into, people are like, something's going to happen. So if I wheel a suitcase on, then we can be like, oh, and now I'm glad it's video. Well, you know what? We're definitely going to have some shows where we talk about sex and asking for what you want. And I know you have a whole show you do with sex toys and stuff. So when we do more of our YouTube video episodes, we'll definitely be doing some show and tell. So just get your suitcase ready. Yeah. (laughs) I'll warm it up. Yeah. Um, Another topic that we have coming up very soon is breaking open, a topic that I think a lot of us faced in 2020 and having to reorganize our lives and think differently about what we're doing and why, and just, you know, just (laughs) all new approach to life, Uh, asking for help, the awkwardness of that and another topic on friendship. So we have all kinds of stuff and it's all relating back to voice confidence sisterhood. And we're very excited about it. And in addition to that, we're going to be adding new elements to each episode. So we'll have the interviews with our uh, expert guests. And then we're also going to be sharing more personal stories and lessons, what we're reading, because we're often like taking pictures of the book that we just got in the mail and then sending it to each other, being like, look what I'm going to read today. And I think it'd be great if we shared some of the things we're getting from those books with the listeners, because there's so many great lessons and just you know stories that come from the reading we're doing and we could pass on some ideas if anyone else is looking for a book to read and we're also not only doing podcasts but listening to other people's podcasts so we can share some tips from that stuff too yeah there's so So much much good stuff out there and we we live in this information rich age it's i think that my favorite thing about this is the opportunity to curate a little bit i mean i read a lot i've spent a lot of time collecting a lot of information. And I think one of the best things I can do with it now is make it digestible so that we cut, so that we're not always in like a huge overwhelm. I like that. Just gonna do <laughs> I like it. So my favorite thing that I found when we were cleaning my father's house out, my father passed away and we had to do the thing, clean out the house. And one of my absolute favorite things was inexplicably on his porch. And you'd have to see his house to understand this. I mean, we had to fill a dumpster. My father was a bit of a hoarder. Everybody knows that his yard too. Like he was a machinist. There were tools in the bedroom and not the fun kind. (laughs) Um, But my favorite thing was this totally unexplained little Tinkerbell wind chime on his porch that said like twinkle shine bright. It was not... Like, I don't know where this came from. This was not mine when I was a child. This was not my mother's. I have no idea, but it's adorable. And there it was. So yeah, wind chimes are showing up all over the place for me. Yeah. I wonder what that means. I don't know. But now maybe I'll, maybe I'll move those right up here and put them in my office. Yeah. You need your own sound effect. Um, So another thing, in addition to talking about our vision for the show and some of the ways that the show is changing, I thought we could talk about some of the fears we have around Uh, doing this podcast together. And full disclosure, we tried to 
record this episode two weeks ago, right before Christmas, and we actually did record it. And then when I went back to listen to it, I sounded like a robot and very staticky. And it was really disappointing because I thought the episode came out really great. So we're redoing it today. And we have actually already talked about our fears. So it's not like we have the element of surprise this time around. But what I've noticed is when I was preparing for the episode this morning, I was looking through my notes and I read through what I had written down as fears. And now that I've shared them, I don't actually feel scared of them anymore. So I do want to still share what I had said originally and now also recognize that the fact that I got the opportunity to say them out loud to you and just be witnessed and be reassured that it's going to be okay actually made such a huge difference because I feel really confident and way less afraid and more excited about all of this. Would you say that was true for you? I agree. And I would say that my fears. I, I remember writing them down and talking about them seemed to um, dispel them so completely that I have forgotten largely what I said. Um, like, what was I afraid of? That's weird because we've also had some other conversations in the interim that I feel I feel a lot more relaxed about my own perspective and my and in connection to you and like, what what does this mean? What are we doing? What is this experiment and and what's on the line? So I guess I guess that's the only one that really stuck around is what's on the line exactly, um, like because my imagination can blow up. Um, we can just have these conversations, and this could just be a fun thing that we're trying out, or I can make it this super important thing that we're working together for the first time. It's like a real project, and it's and people are going to see it, and I could m make it build it into this like pivotal moment. That is way too much pressure. Yeah. Way too much. So absolutely. Well, I noticed yesterday, like one thing we had put in place a couple of weeks ago is kind of blocking out time to do interviews each week. So we would have openings and we'd send the calendar invite to um, you know a prospective guest, and then they would choose the time they wanted to to talk to us. And then yesterday, I booked six speaking gigs right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle of that block of time. And and as I got off the phone with the client and opened my email. I saw an email from you that said, hey, I can't uh, do this time in our block of, of, you know, this day. And I was like, okay, so I'm not a total ass. Uh, she also has things going on. And then when we talked about it last night. It was like, this is just going to be, we can't just like act like we're robots without no other priorities and without other um, things that come up in life. So being more, I guess, easy on ourselves and flexible and understanding. Not that I wouldn't be understanding of you, but I'd be putting a lot of pressure on myself to try and always be available during that time frame. So I'm glad that we talked about that. And we just realized like, we're going to just do the best we can. And I noticed that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself about being available for you. And, and that's separate from being available for claim the stage. So when I separated those two things, I was like, oh, this is actually just sometimes we'll have to impact the work that is the show and that's not the same thing as impacting angela directly and 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 allowing myself to see those two things as separate um and understanding that you can that you're able to understand that because not everybody is great at differentiating the the different roles they have in life but i've seen you do it you you can tell the difference between this is a work decision and this is a um a life decision and we just overlap in a couple different ways. So yeah, I appreciate you naming it. And um, when you got back to me, yeah, it was so obvious. Of course, we're people and it's hard to be a people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. And we also are used to working alone. So now we're having to find a way to coordinate and communicate and stay on the same page, which doesn't happen overnight. We're trying to figure that out and, you know, just do right by each other. And that right. process is just going to take time. It's reminded me a lot of, so when I talk about polyamory, I, I always wind up talking about, people want to know about the sex and I'm like, it's not the sex, it's the calendars. It's, it's all <laughs> calendars. Time is our most finite resource. It's not love. It's not attention. It's not even money. It's time. So I, I think that negotiating this is actually some really like high level intimacy talk too. How are we going to prioritize our time? How much do we want to allow each other to influence the other's schedule? Um, those are really like, those are really touchy feely sort of questions that we, I think we, we try to make it about a calendar, like it's an, an other thing, but it's, mm -hmm. it's not. Mm -hmm. It is personal and it does matter. And we can get our feelings hurt over stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate getting to try this out and know that we have like a, hey, wait, I messed that up. <laughs> yeah. Clause in all of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that there's there are so many benefits to doing this because we already have a friendship. So we have a foundation that we can build off of. But at the same time, it can make things a little bit more complicated because it's not just purely business and we have other things at stake. And I think for anyone listening who has gone into business with a friend or, you know, a partner, they, they're probably laughing right now going, yeah, yeah, this is all exactly what happens. It's not like, you're not unique. <laughs> right. But, yeah. This is not special. Yeah. It's hard to work together. And there's that, that, Fierce independent streak that makes us awesome entrepreneurs is makes it really challenging, especially if we don't know our roles. So one of the things that dissuaded some of my fears was the fact that you laid out what we would be responsible for. Mm -hmm. You you made a contract, we agreed to it. And that, and I know we're trying this out for 90 days, but the contract alone just set my mind at ease. Like, okay, I know what my role is, I know what the expectations are. And when we do that in any relationship, it's not just about setting the expectations, it's about communicating the expectations. Because I think almost everybody has expectations for their partners, their friends, their colleagues, but uncommunicated expectations are just an accident waiting to happen. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. So absolutely, you, you definitely jumped that hurdle really well. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. And I, I wanna say the reason I did that is because I haven't done that in the past and I've created a complete mess for myself down the road when someone working for me said, well, I thought we were, I was supposed to be doing this job for this amount of money. And now there's a lot of confusion and that person's upset and I'm confused because I thought we had that conversation, but there's nothing in writing. There's nothing that has a date on it that says this is what we talked about and when no one signed anything. It was just conversations that kept happening over time where I was building a picture of what was going to happen in my mind. That person was building a totally different picture. And it was just a matter of time between the two, but before the, before the two just sort of became obvious were very different. So I, yeah. for, and that's like, how divorce happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is a universal yeah. thing that can apply to every, every situation. And I made a promise to myself after that happened a couple of times to never do that again with anybody I work with in business, always have a clear contract that we both agree upon and outlines as much as possible so that we don't have to face those conversations where it feels like someone's hurt and the other person doesn't understand understand why. Yeah. So 
Do you have a fear you want to share that is either still existing or was on the table? So I think the fears that I had have largely been addressed by the fact that we 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 recorded the first episode, um, you know, the first like interview episode that I was nerve I was nervous about how that would work, um, and I felt myself ha- holding back and not sure. All of those things felt like they got addressed. It was the learning how to actually do this process. I mean, we had tech difficulties on like all of the first things that we did after not having had them doing anything else. Um, so all those sort of rudimentary like. They're just, they're just stuff. Those feel like they've really decreased. But what remains is my own, the fear that I'll let myself down by not, um, by not making this like good enough. And I don't even know what good enough is. One of the tricks to this is that I don't know what rubric we would judge this by. You know, it, like the, is it a success? And I thought about whether there's something we could talk about there, but I'm not sure. Like, I think we'll know whether it's a success if we're both having fun, which is not an easy thing to measure. So (laughs) unlike, you know, I mean, if, if we had like a particular metric we wanted to use, that would be easier and harder because I'd also feel like I was pressuring myself. So the, 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 the nature of the agreement and, and trying to figure out what we're doing together is I think the, the lingering fear it's, I, but I think that's just the fear of being alive and like relating to other people. So Yeah. And I guess that's that. the one thing we really didn't outline in the contract. How do we know if this is successful after 90 days? We just said, we'll figure it out at 90 days. We'll decide if we want to keep doing this and maybe it'll just be a feeling. I'm not really sure how we're going to know, but we'll probably just know. <laughs> I think I mean, both- that's, that's the agreement I have with my partner. I mean, every three years we have this conversation about our relationship where either one of us has like a month every three years where we can bring stuff up. We can decide to go to a therapist. We can decide that it's time to see a lawyer and draw up different agreements. We could any number of things, but there's no real, it's, it's simply a time frame. It's not based on a rubric. And I think that's a good thing because otherwise I, one or the other of us might be trying to meet the letter, meet the standard rather than evoke a feeling. And what I want is a feeling. I want to feel like this is an enjoyable part of my life and that it's adding something to your life and, and that it's not detracting from our friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I don't know that I could write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we can't put enough value on that. Right. And it's not tangible, yeah. but it is so valuable. So one of the fears that I had written down originally was about interrupting. And it was one of the things I really loved about having a podcast by myself over the last four years is that I've had this space where I can talk for as long as I want about any topic and never fear being cut off or being um, questioned, you know, maybe after the fact that an email from someone, but never real time. And so, you know, when I do interviews, it's a different story, but some of the episodes I did just by myself and I talked for 40 minutes into a microphone and part of me felt a lot of pressure to do that alone. And then another part of me felt really free because I could just say anything and I could take a breath and I could look out the window for a second. And there was no fear of somebody jumping in in those moments. And so when I thought about having a co-host, I thought, am I going to lose that? Am I never going to be able to have like these moments where I can just talk freely and have to not have to worry about somebody interjecting something? Um, 
And so I like the idea of bringing that up because it lets you know that that's important to me and that maybe there's going to be moments where I want to go on a total rampage for four minutes. And um, maybe that will be another part of our friendship is trying to intuit. This is a moment to just let her go because she's obviously going somewhere with this. So I'm going to just let that happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like collaborative conversation and this has been a sticking point for me in in some friendships where, so I've had some friendships where people felt like any interruption, literally any interruption is a huge injury to like, like it, it feels like, like it's the, the worst, most critical insult that could come. And I grew up in a, in a, in an interleaving conversation style. So for me, when people are totally silent and never do that interacting thing, I start to get really scared and think, okay, they think I'm off the deep end and (laughs) we're not actually conversing. So I struggle a little bit with that too, like just trying to know when the right moments are. And I, something I've done with my partner is, um, if, if we just practice asking for that space, like, I just need to rant. I just need to vent or just saying like, wait, I have a whole thought about this. I want to just talk it out. And, and that like giving, actually creating the space ourselves. So setting the boundaries ourselves for this is the time I'm going in. And there is some intuition involved too, but it's also okay to just ask, you know, just to, or even not even ask, just to state your intention beforehand. Um, Like, yeah, I've got something to say about this and I don't want to get distracted because it might not even be a bad interruption, but that doesn't mean it won't distract you from your point. Yeah. Um, and that does matter. That matters a ton to me. Um, so I like both. I, I like feeling, you know, both kinds of conversation because the the long, I I know one per episode in partic- particular that you're talking, like where you talked the whole time, you really hit your stride at like the midpoint. And that's when the whole thing, like, I think you could, you could actually have edited it even down to be like from the midpoint on, cause you, you found wh- where you were going and you nailed it then like you were, you were in the zone. So yeah, I would have hated to interrupt them. That would have hmm. been the worst time. Um, yeah. This will be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll just see how it goes. Do you have any other fears you want to share? I think my my other fear was all tech related. And since it's all happening already, like whatever, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to relax about that because I think everybody is nervous about that. We're nervous that there that there's something unprofessional about having tech difficulties, which is ridiculous. Uh, so my my software developer husband's standing outside of this room right now and guaranteed he's going to have at least like five tech problems during any given day. And he's a professional and he doesn't get freaked out about that. He's like, that's just how computers work. So giving myself a break, giving you a break. It's okay. Your robot voice doesn't matter. There's always going to be a (laughs) chance to redo things. Yeah. It's fine. I like that. And the wind chimes might not have happened. They might not. (laughs) Like what's the magic thing that can only be born of having to do something again? Yeah. I guess my last fear I want to mention is, 
sometimes when I'm not one-on-one with somebody, but I'm in a group of three people or four or five, I tend to get quiet and I start to wonder where my place is in the conversation. Am I talking too much? Am I not talking enough? And I get so inside my head about it. And then I also have never done like a dual interview before where there's two of us interviewing one person. So there's a whole thing about taking turns and if you're on a track trying to get the interview to go somewhere and the other person interrupts and takes it on a different track, how do you recover from that? And so I have some fear around that. Like maybe I'm going to not talk at all or I'm going to talk too much. I don't know. So I'm going to just try to be chill about that. <laughs> Me too. So I'm right with you on that. And and in the first interview we did, I felt myself, I, I was like holding back because I wanted to see where you were going. Um, and that was great. Except after a while, I realized, oh, I've been quiet for a while. Like that's, so I wasn't adding and maybe that's just going to be how it is too. Or maybe we decide that there's a lead for different interviews. Like one person's going to really choose the direction because maybe it's our specialty or maybe we just have tons of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, you know, you, you mentioned wanting to do um, your next interview on your own. And I thought that was a great idea. It was appropriate. It made sense. So I like the idea of not being boxed in. And so you have just, I, I don't have some of the same fears I might have had because in the, this month that we've been working this out, you've already taken the steps that you needed to, to make it work for you, which is very deeply permission giving for me to then ask for what I need. So yeah. this is great. So I think one of our unsaid goals that I'm just going to say right now is to try and role model relationships and friendships on the show and what we're trying to do together to be better to each other and to ourselves in hopes that as our listeners are are tuning in, they might be thinking to themselves, oh, my friends and I don't talk to each other like this. We're not quite this vulnerable or we're not this honest or we don't really get into stuff like that what you're talking about and then maybe ask yourself is that what you want because what I'm learning is it's scary as hell but (laughs) but it's also so meaningful and so special and every time we have a conversation where we're really honest with each other it makes me feel closer to Jolie and it also makes me feel like closer to myself because I'm honoring myself and that feels so important. And it, it helps me to build confidence. It helps me to feel more confident in my voice and it also builds sisterhood. So it's like, we're just killing like 50 birds with one stone here. It's true. It's true. This is a, this is a, it's a killing machine. Wait, it is. <laughs> I do love birds. So I don't really want yeah, to kill any yeah. birds. No, it's all, it's good. It's good. <laughs> my vegan child is crying outside now. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I think that, when, when I thought about talking with you on this podcast, again, I thought it would feel like maybe we'd talked it all out, but I actually am really glad that we're redoing this because I, I didn't realize how much courage I feel like I've gained just in the last few weeks to actually say the things that I needed to, to you, to, to like, to find the way to communicate the same way I work exceptionally, exceptionally hard on communicating with my children. I like, I'm very intentional. I put a lot of thought into it. It's a lot of effort to not repeat the mistakes that I was raised with and communicate. Well, I can do that with you. But one of the things I have to do is give myself permission to take the steps, like one, like one step at a time, like keep, keep upping my own game and my own willingness to like have controversial or interesting conversations. Sure. But also ones that are just 
like mundane and feel silly afterwards. And, you know, like all the different kinds, not just like, we're going to have this deeply intimate connection. We're also just going to be goofy and have ridiculous dance parties alone in our separate spaces. (laughs) (laughs) We'll reflect upon them on the show. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Can't even stress enough how great it is to just, I set a timer for 20 minutes. I close the curtains. I put music on. I have low lighting and I just dance like the freakiest person you've ever seen. And it just feels so good. Uh, I just want to put a PSA out there for, for that. (laughs) I think, yeah, you, you should make a, the more, you know, commercial out of that. Cause that is, that's important. (laughs) I like that you have to close the curtains. I I appreciate that. I'm like, I don't know exactly how freaky this dance has gotten. (laughs) But closing the curtains really does say something. <laughs> well, I notice that if I don't close the curtains the whole time, I'm like, my neighbors are watching me. My neighbors are wondering. My neighbors are about to call the police. My neighbors think something's happening here. So as soon as I close the curtains, I can really get into it. That's it. Liberation. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's all I wanted to cover on today's episode. Is there anything else you want to say, Jolie? No, other than thank you so much, because I'm, I'm super excited to, to go through this process and also to, um, to get to know you in this public facing way. It's, it's weird. It's not what people typically do. And I'm so here for the weird. So yay. Thanks. Me too. Yeah. Thanks for being part of it. And I'm excited to see where this goes. And we have, we're going to do episodes every week and maybe sometimes twice a week. So lots to look forward to. And, uh, let the journey begin. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, you can show me some love by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen so more people can find us. Claim the Stage is a production of Speaker Sisterhood and it's recorded in the Glitter Closet in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Music is composed by Chris Collins. Until next time, stop waiting, start creating. Bye for now.